Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by my good friend, Matt, from across the sea. Hello, Matt. Hello there, Captain. How are you, sir? Very good. Very good. If that was a pirate accent, uh, you're, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> worst I've heard. <laughs> worst I've heard. Um, and I've heard a lot of bad, uh, bad pirate accents, so I'm sorry. Um, that said, uh, it is great to have you on the show. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation in particular. I've, I've got a few people lined up, but I'm uh, keenly interested in this one because uh, I don't know how you will answer. Um, I really don't. And you're uh, you're the kind of guy, you're a nice guy. You're not an asshole like the like most of the rest of us. I'm working on um, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> bad, bad company. Lie down with dogs, wake up with fleas, that sort of thing. But uh, you're you're doing OK. And uh, people generally like you. Um, I, I like you. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, you're you're not the typical atheist. Heck, I don't even know if you're uh, comfortable being I identified as an atheist. I mean, you're not one of those people. Um, That's because you don't view my Twitter feed. No, I don't. I don't do Twitter. Um, <laughs> By the way, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, no, I <laughs> I really don't do Twitter. I've got a I've got a Twitter handle. Don't worry about it. Um, I really need to talk to somebody about social media because <laughs> I do it very badly, um, which is to say I don't do it. Um, so what I'm what I'm curious about, and I think I just want to ask the question right off the jump and figure out where you are. Um, you are obviously like Andrew and myself, at least at one point in your life, the kind of person who would worship you. Yes. Heck, you probably are worshiping something right now. I have no idea. You are, <laughs> you would worship, um, at least at some point in your life. And so I just want to throw it out there. No more delay. If there was a God. It was more or less the best version of the God of the Bible. Notice I tweaked that a little bit. The best version of the God of the Bible that you've ever heard. And yes, you knew he was so. real. Would you I worship did. him? No, I can't. Okay. All right. It's the short answer. There's there's a few um there's a few notes to add on to that. Uh, but you didn't, I think the key thing is you didn't ask the question the way apologists ask the question. And I think the way the apologists ask the question comes with baggage, which comes with a, which comes with an answer, which has a long butt at the end of it. Well, okay. I'll, I'll get to some of that, I think, but I just, I just, I'm just trying to figure out where we start. See if we end in the same place. I'm going to see if I can move you to worship. Um, Good luck. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Best of British, mate. <laughs> Give it the old college try. Um, so with the best version of God you have ever heard, that God is real and you would not worship that God. I can't. Okay. Is my answer. I prefer to phrase it as I can't rather than I wouldn't. Okay, that's, because that's there's fine. A, there's a nuance there, which is quite important, I think. I'm, I'm not missing it. I'm just, I'm just um, stating and restating for the sake of clarity and the audience. Now, I want to I 
double back around. I want to I want to step back a little bit, and then we're going to run it uh, this again. I just wanted to get the big picture before um, before filling in the details. Um, so there is um, some discussion on the board right now under the post. There's not a lot of discussion, but uh, as you know, Brian with an I, he's he's always he's usually first to get there. It's between him and Darren uh usually but uh brian with an i often often first is first um heck he jumped in with a comment before i had the board up uh and i wanted to address a little bit of his concern uh because his concern was about definitions so he and i are in a little bit of a conversation about definitions I don't like playing definitional games with these kinds of questions. Uh, I would much rather say what I said uh, to Andrew uh, last time, which is worship means whatever you think it means. Um, I don't care about the nuances of what it could mean. I don't care what it means in some dictionary or other. I don't care what Christians think it means uh, in this context. I care about what you think it means, it, and it means exactly what you think it means. So when I ask the question, would you worship, the worship I'm talking about is whatever comes to your mind when you think of the word. That said, uh, what comes to your mind might be different than what comes to my mind or to Andrew's mind or some of the listeners. So what do you mean by worship? That's a surprisingly difficult question to answer, given that the word is so pervasive through Christendom and it was so pervasive through the entirety of my my upbringing and my adult life. I will put it as you give um, thanks, honour, praise, another word which is hard to nail down, to a being, uh, an entity, a, a person, if, if you will, at every, in every conceivable moment of your life. And no matter what you do, no matter what your circumstance, this being, this entity is at the forefront of your, your desires and of your thoughts. It sounds almost um, stalkerish <laughs> when you put it that way. That wasn't in, that wasn't, at the forefront of my mind but yes now that you've put that there i see it <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of creepy you know i'm thinking about this fellow all the time in every context of my life and i can't do or say anything without at least thinking about what a great person this person is and I can't do anything without thanking this person for helping me do it, whether I quite see how he's helped me it? or not. It, it is. It's, it's both um, creepy and also extremely sycophantic. Yeah. Um, is it possible to separate worship from these notions that I'm bringing up, this creepy sycophantic thing. Is it possible to worship and still be cool? <laughs> Is it, I don't care about cool. Can you just not be a, a worthless lickspittle <laughs> and still well, perform when some version of worship? <laughs> yeah, but when, when you are the person in that mindset, 
and the thoughts are only ever positive, I don't see how you could think what you're doing is anything but positive, it's anything but a good thing, because that is how you're viewing this entity, this being. So you would never think that what you were doing is creepy, is stalkerish, is sick. And anybody else who thinks the same way would also think that what you're doing is pretty great and pretty awesome. Okay, I want to challenge that. Um, you love your wife, right? I, I do. mean, if you if you don't, just lie about it for the sake of the podcast. I don't want to break any news here. Um, it would be an easy lie to tell. Put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I love my wife too. Um, but let's but but we're talking about you, so never mind my personal life. Um, do you worship your wife? Not in the way that I understand worship and. I think this is where the buts and the uh, things come in. For me, that the word worship is tainted by my Christian experience. So as an exer, I am not able to use that word in a secular context. So I couldn't use that word for my wife because of how that word is now tainted in my mind. Right. And this is, this is where all of the definitional games yeah. die a bad death. Uh, so you can, you can, talk about dictionary definitions of worship. You can talk about how magistrates are sometimes called your worship. Uh, you can talk about ascribing uh, worth to a person. Uh, these are smoke screens for special pleading. Uh, none of these definitions mean anything because you love your wife, Christians love their wife, but they don't worship them. Sometimes we will say uh, we worship the ground they walk on, but that is actually not true. Um, and so, you, you, if you were to pour the kind of worship onto your wife that Christians pour onto their God, it would be creepy. And I think at some point your wife would not appreciate it. She'd wonder what was wrong with you. I think that is the key point. And I'm glad you brought that point up because I was going to answer with exactly that point. There would come a point when she would say, enough is enough, Matthew. Your 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 tension is no longer, it's got to the point where it's tedious, it's tiring, and I simply don't want it. Give me some time and some space on my own. Right. Quick, get get off the floor and quit licking my shoes for God's yeah. sake. Which yeah, by the way, for, for all I know, that's that's maybe a common act. I have no idea. I, I'm not judging you do you. We'll do the sex show next month sometime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be realistic, she's far more likely to say to me, actually go and do something useful. You know, go and go and clean the house or go and make tea or you know, take the dog for a walk. Do something practical that actually helps me, please. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, we figure this out with dating, uh, don't we? We figure out where the line is, where, you know, there's a, a, there's praise and there's flowers and things, but there's also the line where you cross where you're just creeping. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I would do anything. Turn your love. You're done. You're lost. Go away. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, what Christians call worship, looks a lot like that. That's why that's why I use the word special pleading. Um, in any other context, what they call worship would just be obscene. Yeah. 
In that case, I'm going to redefine worship. I'm going to change my previous definition of worship, and I'm going to bring in a new definition of worship, which is adoration without substance. Okay, uh, that's good. Um, I, ex I expect that to cause some issues. In fact, I'm just going to get up and get myself a, a sip of delicious. You're going to let that one just clang there to the bottom of the can, aren't you? I'm going to uh, introduce our first sponsor, Diet Dr. Pepper. It's better than the real thing. Also, not not our first sponsor, and I'm going to have to work workshop my um, program. Have you got some clear liquid in there to help it along? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> this is uh, this is how it was delivered to me by the store. Mm. Very nice, very nice. That uh, that swallowing and lip smacking sound doesn't come over through the microphone at all, does it? I didn't notice. We, we can, <laughs> I'm sure you can edit some on if you need to. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a very funky looking microphone, actually. I must say. Thank you. I I think. You know, with you Brits, I I'd never know when I'm being insulted. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's because we're so good at sarcasm, we don't even know when we're doing it ourselves. It's it's this linguistic subtlety that uh, we are all secretly envious of, and so we mock. Uh, we mock because we can't do any better. Um, so I think that was very interesting, and I don't think I'm done with definitions now and i meant to be done with definitions oh, now, I've, but... I've hooked you back in haven't i you like the definition game now <laughs> I don't do. you <laughs> i do i'm trying to challenge it um let's see adoration without substance it's the problem is the christian was so i'm trying to this this pirate hat this is actually my christian hat uh so um with my christian hat on you see that the x it's like a cross laying on its side it's you need the blues brothers hat don't you you know with a bit of i can see the light going on in the background the, um so there's an option for a hat that looks a lot like that in um in zoom but it doesn't have the patch and it's actually the patch that i want <laughs> at the hat so um oh, well maybe maybe they'll get there yeah if i knew how to make these um backgrounds myself i would i would make something special but all right i think the christian would say no matthew um our worship has substance uh in fact our worship is so substantive uh we define the substance even as we worship uh you know when we sing songs to god we we say specifically not just how great thou art but we we say why he is so great um and so this is this is very important substance uh the reason that it seems like non-substantive uh patter to you is because you simply fail to appreciate how much god has done for us so if you're comparing god to your wife well wife is a wonderful woman i'm sure but she's she's not done anything like uh what god has done so if you listed all of your wife's good qualities and you listed every good thing she's ever done for you and you listed um every thanks you have for her 
you would run out because it's finite. But if you did that with God, you would never run out. Yeah. Yes, maybe. Now, I'm not a singer, but let's pretend for a moment that not only am I a great singer, I can also write a great song. So let's say every morning I write my wife a fresh song. And the first thing I do every day is I sing that song. And then I sing it again before she goes to work or before I leave for work. And then I sing it again when I get home from work and I include the awesome cooking that she's done for tea. And that's all I do in the evening, sing that song and uh, add in a few extra verses and maybe jazz up the chorus a bit. And that's all she is presented with every evening. That might be nice for a day. And then the next day I repeat the whole thing again, maybe a slightly different song or maybe put it to a different tune or a different beat. Maybe one day I'll do it jazz, maybe the next day I'll do it drum and bass or whatever. As you said, pretty soon you get tired of it, but me singing songs and telling her in, in poetic verse how awesome she is doesn't load the dishwasher. It doesn't hoover the carpets. It, it doesn't wipe the surfaces. It, it doesn't uh, put the chickens back in the house. It doesn't put the coffee machine on. You know, it doesn't bring her a cup of coffee in the morning. It doesn't I'm, do I'm any sorry. of those. Do you have chickens things. in your house? Out, it, they have a house in the garden in their okay. house not in my house oh I just, I, don't look you were making such house. a great point and then i got and then you're bringing the chickens in the house and i'm thinking what? no no no, no. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> they have their own little house which um yeah which i did build so but singing songs and telling her how awesome she is and how great she is doesn't do any of those practical things any of those things of substance doesn't do any of that but and you could do it you could, could do it. Yes, but that takes my concentration away from singing awesome songs and playing whatever instrument I'm using to accompany myself to those songs. Right, but you could, you could, for instance, devote, uh, let's say, an hour a day. I could. To um, but that's not reading, constantly worshiping. Reading though, about your, well, but if, even if it's just an hour a day, you could, you could, you know, work on a song. Uh, even if you don't write a song a day, you can work on it a little bit. You can uh, study uh, your wife's portrait and uh, you know memorize you know what what she looks like. Take a picture every day. Notice the changes. Uh, you can talk to her for fifteen or twenty minutes a day and just uh, tell her you know what a wonderful person she is. And so that would be kind of like uh, worship. And I dare say that's more time that Christians actually spend, quote unquote. Uh, worshiping their God, <laughs> praying to God, reading the Bible, uh, things like that. But um, wouldn't that be the equivalent to worship? I guess it's a close approximation. This is right. Good but as, good you, as I can you, provide. And you could do that. I could, yes. But you couldn't worship the best version of God. No. Because the All best right. version of God now doesn't match up. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you could not. Why could you not? Because um, I think um, I could. I could worship. Uh, I, well, no, no, no. Let me take that back. I could go through the motions of worship. Um, oh, I, I could, could do that. I, I, I could, I could, I could worship a king. 
You know, if if we had a king, we lost a few wars, we got a king. Um, I could worship a king. Uh, if it keeps my head on my shoulders, <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could write the music. I've been a musician. I, I can do that. Um, uh, but would that actually be worship? Uh, from an earthly king's perspective, probably so, because he doesn't know my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, if your heart is necessary for true worship with God, that would be a problem. But if yes. we're just talking about going through the motions, you could do that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so like why that. couldn't you do what you think of as worship to the best version of God you've ever heard? Because I don't like that God. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's that simple. Okay, then let's make it more interesting. Uh, what if there was a version of God excuse me, that you liked. See, now you're changing the rules because now I it's am. no longer, now it's no longer the God, which I used to believe in, you know, of course, because the God but, that I used to believe in is God that I can't like now. Right. So but I'm just, let's, try, let's I'm just trying this. to figure out where the lines are. Where, and so where we've, yeah, because we already know that you can't worship the gods, God versions that you know of. Mm-hmm. And that Christians try to convince you it's real. Yeah. But so now the next step, uh, this is kind of a Mythbusters thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Mythbusters. Yeah, I am familiar so with you them, figure yeah. out whether the myth is uh, true or not. And okay, so it's not. But what would it take <laughs> to, to make it happen? So now I'm in mean, the what would it take version of it. Is, is there a version of God that you can think of? that you would worship because the Christian might say, well, okay, I can understand why you couldn't worship a God that you didn't like, but what if you realized when God appeared to you that he was nothing like uh, what you thought he was? Potentially, but I'm going to reserve here because I go back to what I said earlier about how the word worship the experience of worship the idea of worship is tainted in my mind Mm -hmm. it it comes with a poisoned hook so simply asking me the question could i worship anything that is utterly perfect that that first that question as phrased with that word in it hurts me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i I feel a repugnant response to the word worship because of how it's tainted from my past experiences. Right. Okay. So if we could replace the word worship with um, a more palatable word, maybe it will be an easier question for me to answer. But let me put all that to one side and try and forget it. It's not possible for me to forget it, but let me, to the best of my ability, just ignore that for the moment. Yes, it's conceivable that I could, but I don't know how I could get there. My imagination lacks the capacity for me to get there. Okay, but I think that's an interesting answer, though. Uh, and I'm and now I'm curious to see what Sarah will say. Um, I think I could get her to worship before getting to this point. I don't <laughs> think you have enough cocaine for her to get to that position. <laughs> Probably not, but I'm going to try. Um, Here's to you, Sarah. <laughs> she will. She will be a great challenge. Here's the thing, though. Um, so. Every twist uh, and turn 
every cheat that I make in this conversation, I did to myself first, uh, many times and a long time ago, um, and, and recently. So, um, part of, part of the reason why I can honestly answer no to the question. So let's say I could imagine a God that I actually liked. I was glad that this God exists, uh, existed. And, and let's give the Christians some uh, due and say he was the creator God of the universe. And so everything that I think I know about science is wrong too. I'm okay with that. Um, and uh, I mean, this guy was so cool. Um, had no fault that I could see. Um, the, the best of friends, um, the greatest of mentors, uh, someone that I might even consider a father figure, um, I am incapable of worship, uh, even for that being. And part of the problem is I believe that worship, as I understand it, is an immoral thing to do. I think that it is utterly uh, devoid of goodness at all. Everything about it is just bad. So when when I speak of worship, and, and I think that I think of it the way Christians think of it, because I've been a Christian, I've been a preacher, I know, I know I've preached sermons on worship, so I, I certainly know what I mean from a Christian perspective when I talk about worship. And I uh, certainly feel like it is what Christians mean by it. Now, as we have this conversation, as we tease it out, I think that there might be some Christians who would want to challenge it because now we're starting to spell it out. And it, and it, you know, whenever you take something that you assume that you know what it is and you start unwinding it a little bit and peeling back the layers, it kind of looks a little different. So yeah, they might push back on it a little bit, but I think that I'm being very fair to what Christians think of worship. Um, and so uh, we're not talking about thanking a person for something good. That's not worship. That may be a part of worship, but it's not worship because I can thank you now. I thank you for being a part of the show and especially as frequently as you do it, um, especially knowing how busy you are and especially knowing that you have your own podcasts and properties to, um, to push. It's uh, having a, a, a friend like you who helps out the way you do. And I consider it a help. I, I um, consider it a help whenever you show up on the show. It's, it's priceless. You know, in the podcast world, you are priceless, whether you, whether you realize it or not. Um, and this is why podcasters tend to, you know, collect friends who, who understand what it is they do and, you know, who they can count on um, when they need help. I, honestly uh thank you and i honor you for uh for what you do for for me and for skeptics and seekers listeners uh and i can't i can't thank you enough and and already i feel like i've probably thanked you too much you're, you're probably thinking okay you, you need to move on that was good for the first 30 seconds <laughs> um I you don't can come carry on to... if you want to go straight into creepy world keep going though <laughs> so i don't I, this is not close to worship, right? And, no, um, it's not. 
I have mentioned in I mentioned in my blog. Have you had a chance to read the blog post at all? I haven't had a chance yet. I do apologize, but I will get. D David Russell, is that you? Um, no, you're. <laughs> you're mad. Sorry, um, David Russell, my Christian co-host, does not necessarily read my blog posts, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So I do read uh, all of your blog posts, <laughs> just not necessarily before recording time. Sometimes right. it's better to come to it fresh. It in this case it would be so. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I mentioned in the, the blog post the only reason I brought it up. Um, my life has been saved. Uh, at least two times by doctors with very specific things that they did. I've had a lot of doctors in my lifetime, but uh, I can point to at least two that uh, in, in separate... You're cracking up a little bit, David. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just got the... Somebody had a, somebody had a little tickle on the line. Yeah, yeah. I just saw the notice that my internet connection is um, ugly. Let's keep an eye on that. If it, if it's, If it continues to be bad, just let me know. Okay. Uh, I lost just, you just after you mentioned about doctor saving your life twice. Okay. All right. Well, I hadn't really gotten any further than that anyway. Um, my doctor, I've had two doctors at least uh, that saved my life in different um, occasions for decisions that they made. And um, I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. And I don't, I'm not sure I've ever even thanked them because thanking my doctor is not something that culturally it's not something i've ever done um i thank them by paying my bills you know <laughs> which i'm pretty sure is how they want to be thanked <laughs> so um you know there's there's not a human being alive that where my gratitude comes close to what a christian would think of as worship this this yeah. is the point that i'm trying to make um so could I do more gratitude for a God who saved my life? Well, no, I, I, have, I have expressed the highest level of gratitude I am capable of expressing to humans. And I could express that level of gratitude to a God if I dig really deep, maybe I could express some more, I don't know. But it would it would not come anywhere close to what Christians think of as worship. Um, I could not do that. Um, it wouldn't. It would be an unnatural act for me to to do that. Uh, when I did it in church, by the way, Christians would say, "Well, was that an unnatural act?" Well, yes, it was an unnatural act uh, when I did it. I did it. Uh, I was I was a music director um, in at least two different denominations. Uh, so I did it. Uh, I did it a lot. I uh, have written music. You can go into iTunes right now and uh, buy uh, a worship uh, album uh, that I uh, wrote, produced, performed. I will not get a dime of that. <laughs> so knock yourself out. Um, buy once, use everywhere. Don't care. Um, and no, I won't be linking to it. Uh, so I've done all that. And uh, yes, it's it's an unnatural act. That's not how I would treat someone I know, if if you see what I mean. That's that's a behavior that I can perform, but there's only so much of that that is a natural effect of gratitude, and the rest is just duty. Yeah. Uh, and so that that 
sort of thing that Christians call worship cannot by me be done naturally, even for a person I like. And, and if in fact, the, the naturalness of it, um, the desire of my heart of it, if that's a part of it, I can't do it. And um, the only reason I could do it is as much as I did it uh, when I was a Christian, once again, it was part of my job. But if there was no church, I wouldn't have done it. You know, it's it's just, it's not, I thank you, God. Thanks for, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning. Well, thanks, God, for waking me up today. All right, I guess I'll get on about my day now, right? I mean, so I mean, how, how much of that can you do that's not forced? And it, to me, I, it can't be done. The other, the other thing that I was, I, I'm, I'm going to get back to you, but I, I just, I'm playing off of what you said so that you can, you and the audience can kind of understand how I'm, how I'm processing this. Um, I do think that worship is immoral because I think that we are free beings. Uh, so if, if we just uh, think about worshiping a human being, first of all, a human being that would want another human being's worship is themselves immoral. Uh, and, and a human being who accepts another person's worship, even if they don't want it, is immoral if they accept it uh, without correcting it. You, you simply shouldn't do it. Uh, you shouldn't accept it, and you shouldn't let anyone do it to you. Um, you should not debase yourself. You should not lower yourself as if someone else was so much higher than you. Now, I know the Christian would say, well, that's true with humans, but God is so much higher than you. Right. Okay. But taxonomically, so would space aliens who have the ability to come here uh, to Earth in a spaceship. They would be so much higher than me because they have the knowledge and ability to be able to traverse space. <laughs> and we don't. We're not even close. So... I think they would have to be higher than us if they got here. Mm -hmm. Would not be anywhere near inclined to worship them just because of that fact. Why would I, you know, I would recognize, okay, uh, I am now, I'm, I'm now uh, taxonomically inferior to another being kind of like me. I'm not going to worship them for that. <laughs> I might ask them to borrow some technology. Um, if, if you see what I mean, I don't, I I simply can't imagine why I would do it in a morally acceptable way. Am I just trying to stroke their ego so that they don't blow me up with a ray gun? Hmm. Which I find a, a morally uh, republican uh, re, uh, repugnant thing to do. I find brown nosing. <laughs> the funny you know, sip of the tongue. Don't, don't smooth over that one. Come on, let's just savor in the glory of yeah. uh, that that Freudian slip. Come on, I think, let's, let's re rewind. I want to hear that again. <laughs> I think being a lick spittle is a morally repugnant thing to be. Um, I think giving up your freedom to enslave yourself to someone else's will is a morally repugnant thing to do. And uh, the worshiper says, not, not me, but Christ who lives within me. So then what? You're an empty vessel. I empty myself of me so that I can fill up with more. That's terrible. That's that's a terrible thing to say and do. That's a terrible mindset to have. So I can, I can never again 
have that mindset and feel like I was doing anything moral. So getting back to you, you said that it may be possible that if it's the right being, you could do it. I just, I just want to see if that's still true. It's true in the sense in which I cannot, with all honesty, say that say never, because I don't know everything. So it's impossible for me to put never in front of that. Because after saying that quote that you've just uh, paraphrased back to me, I also said, I can't imagine what such a being would be. And that is also true. I can't imagine what the being would be that I could worship. But I'm pretty sure there is a definition of one that I could. Okay, I'm just not so, prepared to go far enough to say, no, not ever, never. I think I'm. I think I'm going to start wrapping this conversation up because it's. it's oh, there's perfect. so much more I want to say from what you've just said. No, no, I, I said start wrapping it up. Uh, you've been <laughs> right, on Skeptics okay. and Seekers before. It takes about thirty minutes to <laughs> to really. Oh, phew. It's, yeah, it's like. So a, I've got like some. A, I've got some incendiaries to throw back at you in a minute. Right. No, no. It's it's like an airplane. You you get up to cruising height, and then when they start the descent, you're not anywhere ready to take off your seatbelt. It it takes a while. Um, so we're, we're at cruising, uh, height right now. Uh, let me, let me probe one or two things before I let you loose. Um, what is, I, I think I'll just have to make a statement and ask you to respond to it. Um, I cannot imagine a being that wants to be worshipped that I would consider moral and thus worth worshipping. So even, even if I wanted to worship them, they shouldn't want me to worship them. And if Amen. I wanted to worship them and I found out that they wanted me to worship them, I wouldn't want to worship them anymore. <laughs> so I comment, comment on that. Yeah, that, yes. That was exactly the point I was about to make from what you said earlier about uh, you thought that worship was immoral. I'm going to go one step further and say, regardless of how perfect and awesome you are, to create another being whose purpose is to worship you is immoral, is repugnant, and all those other adjectives that, that you came out with. So I'm going to go one step further and say that. So we're okay. on the same page there, really. So I know this next bit I should just save for a conversation with Darren. But I know after doing our tech show that uh, you're a, a fairly higher order nerd, too. So <laughs> I'm going to. So this is this is not just off the cuff. I've actually written uh, on this uh, personally and, and professionally, believe it or not. Um, I am slightly uncomfortable with the idea of servant robots. Um, okay. Let's not even talk about AI right now. Okay. Just robots. Uh, not, not Rosie the robot from, from the Jetsons. Not, not anything that... So uh, you're Roomba. talking about automated lawn mowers, automated yes. vacuum cleaners. Yes. That, that um, sort of thing. That sort okay. of thing. I, I'm not, I'm not against them, but they, it, they are a little bit of a slippery slope 
Okay. Thank you. And where did this slippery slope start? Did it start with the oven? Did it start with the Kenwood Chef Blender? Did it start with putting a pot over a fire? I mean, if you go this, if you take that far enough, you'll find a previous generation robot that is no longer used because it's been superseded. How far back do you want to go? I don't know. Um, because I'm in favor of tools and I believe that we should use tools to enhance ourselves and make our lives better. Um, so I don't know if I can express this and be completely consistent, but I think I just have to explain my uncomfortability and then, and then you can maybe work out <laughs> or even help me work out. You're creaking uh, up a little is. bit. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'll just try to explain my uncomfortability and and maybe maybe you can understand from there where the line is for me. Mm -hmm. So my uncomfortability with robots is not the tool itself; it's the human and why we want it. Um, and so when I was I'm, I'm casting my own self on this because I live in my skin and I know what my mind state is like and what it has been and I know my desires and what they have been but when I was a kid um Rosie the robot was a kind of a prototype for me I don't know if you ever saw the Jetsons it's a yeah 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 yeah, yeah I know now yeah okay, okay yeah I get um you, you know th there's this idea that here's an automaton that will cater to my needs and uh, I don't have to treat them like a person because they're not a person. Um, and so uh, if if they look like a person, great. Even better, because it's like having a servant, but I'm not a slave owner because they're a robot. And uh, so it wasn't even just making life easier for me. It was being, it was having this, small area of rule over another being that you can say, do this for me. It's not like getting my own damn drink was that hard. It's never been that hard. You just saw me do it now. I got a fridge, a little mini fridge sitting on the table off to the side. I, I went over and got my Dr. Pepper, but my child fantasy me would say, wouldn't it be nice if I could just order my robot to get me a drink? Um, and I, and I believe, I feel like that's part of the motivation, at least in early times for a lot of people for why they wanted a robot and, and why they wanted it to be anatomically a lot like humans. Um, and that's, that, that's kind of an ugly truth about us that no one says out loud. Mm -hmm. So then when you get to something like an AI, artificial intelligence um, for for those um, who, who don't know you get something like a computer robot uh, that's that can think for itself that can learn like a person and you can still have in your mind well you see but it's not human right it doesn't have a soul um, it's just a machine it's just a tool but but it's also my servant. And what if I can stick that AI in a Android body like data or better yet, like something prettier than data? Um, 
right? I mean, what, what, what am I creating here? I'm creating something that feels very human and personal that I don't have to treat personally and humanly. Um, in essence, we are creating things that can worship us. Um, what, are, what are the three rules of robotics according to what's his face? Um, Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Isaac Asimov. Um, well, the, the most important rule is you can never harm a human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, you got to obey us, but you can't harm us. Um, and I feel like there should be a fourth rule in his rule uh, in his book that if we were really honest, it would go something like, and you will always stroke our ego uh, to, to the extent that we want it stroked. Mm. Um, and I, and that's, so that's the slippery slope that I worry about. The reason I got here with robotics, uh, it's, it's not just that I wouldn't want to worship a God. And I think that that's immoral. I think that a God would be immoral for wanting us, wanting something to worship it. I think we are also immoral for wanting to make things that worship us. And even though we wouldn't use the word worship, in these situations, at some point, I think it gets there. Certainly the rules never harm a human, do everything a human does. The practical result of that is almost indistinguishable from Christians and how they, they act about God. They would do everything that God does and they will protect God's reputation at every cost. So I see where you're going. I hadn't got there in my own thinking, but I I understand your logic. And uh, I think I I would agree with the conclusion from what you've said. Which, yeah. um, now, by the way, I'm not telling people they need to get rid of their Roombas. You can keep your robot <laughs> vacuum cleaners, but try not to enjoy them too much. They just Roombas and puppies do not make for very good cohabitants. See, or chickens I, if you keep them in the house. I love my dog. Sometimes I think my dog worships me. And sometimes I appreciate that fact. <laughs> and so, But if I step on my dog, which I do from time to time, because I'm blind and he's small and he's always underfoot, he will bite the hell out of me. <laughs> so it's not quite worship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just, I just kind of wanted to put that out there because it's one thing for us to say, oh yeah, God's such a, such a bad person for wanting lesser beings to, to be sycophantic to him. And yet I feel like there's something within we humans that kind of want the same thing. Everybody loves to be loved. You know, everybody wants to have the attention uh, on them. You know, if we're in a social gathering, and we're the one telling the joke. We want everybody to be listening to our anecdote. And when we get to the end, we want everybody to laugh because we have that little twinge of, maybe I'm not quite good enough if somebody doesn't laugh. Yeah. And maybe we've projected those feelings of insecurity onto the gods that we have invented. Yeah. It's, it's good to be king, right? Um, I was, uh, I was, 
joking with uh, Brian uh, with a Y in our last um, comment section, which which we will have another one soon, um, about Brian with an I uh, and how he tends to start posts with, great show, everybody. Uh, and uh, I was saying, yeah, this is, this is often followed by uh, the uh, soft glove uh, that's covering up the hard sledgehammer <laughs> here it here it comes but i'll tell you what i'll tell you the real truth behind that because even though yes brian has a, a great way of softening blows that's i don't actually have a problem with that i Me actually neither. have a i actually have a problem with um it seeming like someone enjoys the show too much um because i am not worthy of praise the show is not worthy of praise. Some some shows are stinkers. Um, you know, they're, yourself, sir. they're not. Well, I mean, not the ones you're on. Uh, <laughs> never the ones you're on, sir. Um, oh, <laughs> right, spoken like a I true mean? fan. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, some of them are clunkers. Um, and uh, I have never been very comfortable, except having too much praise. And I've been in a position where I've had too much praise. Um, I, I've, I was a performer for a long time and uh, I was good at it. I was a preacher for a long time. And, you know, the adoration that people heap on a good preacher, uh, it's scary. Mm. Uh, it's, it's scary. I, I, I know what, what my ego um, could be if it were turned just a little bit to the left. Um, and I, I, I've received this kind of attention since I was a child, seven, eight, nine. Um, uh, people used to call me gifted for any, any number of reasons. I don't think that was ever true, um, but I was probably above average in a lot of different categories. And I, and I have had a lot of attention and praise and a lot of what felt like worship. And I didn't want it. I can only honestly say I didn't want it, except for when I was, when I was a musician doing stage stuff. I kind of like that. Um, sure, you can you can applaud a little bit longer. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. That was awesome. Well done. <laughs> right, but I but you see, I know that at the end of that, I'm going to go to my hotel room or I'm going to go home, and none of those people are going to know me. <laughs> right? They're not they're not going to be there. Not they're not writing letters. Uh, they're not showing up naked to my apartment or whatever. Um, that never happened once. Um, maybe, maybe I was not as good as I thought I was, but, but, um, you know, in the moment I, one could certainly appreciate that kind of thing. Athletes, uh, get yeah. a little bit of that kind of attention. I was also an athlete. It's a pretty good one. Um, so I, I can honestly say that having had a lot of that, a lot of opportunities for that, um, I find it uncomfortable and I, I don't want to be worshiped and knowing that about me, I, I'm probably projecting that on any God that I can think of mm. that would want to be worshiped. Why would, why would he want even more of the thing that I reject? I don't know 
Uh, I, but I, I do identify with what you've just said. I am in my work at the moment, I'm halfway through doing delivering some major changes to some of the computer systems that I'm responsible for. So 90% of the development effort going into this is purely me. So when the staff member comes up to me and says, such and such is, is good, I really like this new system. Thank you, Matthew. I do know that most of that thanks is directly coming to me for the work that I, I've done personally. And yes, that's it's nice to hear the thanks. But I find, and I was having that conversation with one of the directors literally this morning, and you're saying it's really good. We really like what you've done to the system, Matthew, et cetera. And I found myself saying, thank you, that's great. And I really love working for this company and I'm really motivated to do the best job I possibly can because I needed to deflect some of that stuff off. I needed to say, it's not just me, it's a team. Right. You know, I, I needed, to do that because I feel grotesquely uncomfortable getting receiving praise for something like that beyond a certain level. You know, thanks, Matthew, job well done, let's, let's keep it up, is, is great. Take it beyond that. And, you know, I, I I start to want to brush the slime off my shoulders. So if, so let's create this fake world where I am so awesome that everything I say not only is absolutely true, it is also absolutely loving. And let's say that not only that, but absolutely everything I do is for the absolute benefit of absolutely everybody. There is nothing I can do that's even slightly imperfect from anybody's perspective. And everybody keeps telling me that. Can you imagine how tedious it would be after a while to receive that amount of unfettered, utterly continuous, utterly monotonous permanent praise it's i would awful. imagine it would be yeah i just can't imagine that and then but you're not getting it from just one person who you did the little thing for you're getting it from absolutely everybody so you go okay well let me mess up and let me go and drown half of them because i'm bored of this then those who are left they go and start worshiping you not only for themselves but also on behalf of everybody else who you've just killed and, and they're even more grateful boring. that you didn't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the more people you kill, the more grateful the people are who are left. <laughs> so it, it, it must is be terrible. It must be horrible being God. I um, I was such a praise deflector uh, that someone uh, pulled me aside um, to gently correct me uh, on this. And I, I, I'll never forget it. Um, I, I actually ended up taking their advice, but it didn't really make me feel better. Uh, but what they said was, look, you can't stop this. Uh, you are what you are and, and people need that. They need it and they need to express um, what it is they're feeling. And you're gonna just have to take it. And what you say to people is thank you two words thank you and shut up uh and so i started doing that uh once again it didn't make me feel better it made me feel worse actually <laughs> however i did do it because i i recognize that there is there was also something kind of uh, what could have seemed like is kind of mean on my part 
by not accepting their gift of, yeah. of gratitude mm-hmm. as it were or their or their gift of adoration whatever it was in in throwing it back in the, their face um that's not very nice i mean what would happen if you met your favorite actor uh and you said oh i i've i've been i've seen every one of your shows i would you mind if uh you know we i took a selfie with you and the actor says look get a life i'm just a man uh i'm no more worthy of taking a selfie than your waiter take a selfie with your waiter he's right but you would feel shitty yeah um so that's kind of where I was, uh, and I and I had to learn to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will sign that. Um, sort of thing. And so, I, I'm just I'm just imagining a being that wants that. But that said, I, I think we've stumbled upon something, and this is where I think that I'll I'll let you take it away and. Um, add your own flavor but i just want to say one more thing as as we've been talking because i'm i've still got my christian hat on as you can see um i can't take it off (laughs) (laughs) once saved always saved apparently um maybe i can i can hear the christian uh thinking yes but what you've just described is god's situation he is that great he has done that much and people do have a natural desire to express their thanks and gratitude and whether it goes too far or not is is immaterial uh so rather than god turning people away he just says thank you uh and he accepts the worship so maybe maybe he's not such a monster uh, and maybe we're the monsters for wanting to worship him, but the fact that he accepts the worship, maybe that's a good thing. I can I can hear the Christian responding to that. I have a response to that in my head, but that's I'm gonna let that I'm gonna just leave the Christian that bone. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to you to share some of your th- thoughts that you haven't already had a chance okay, to share. Okay, there's certainly one specific chain that I wanted to drive on this show but I'll get there because but what you've just been talking about uh certainly about actors has just sparked up something which I think is worth pointing because we're on the subject right now um you know I do amateur dramatics uh, as part part of my my free time although there hasn't been much of that the past 12 months sorry excuse me right so yeah so I do a bit of amateur amateur dramatics uh, acting live acting on stages tremendous fun so i've met in the course of that various people who do this and people who do stage direction as well and as part of that i've actually met somebody who's done um stage management in shakespeare's town here in the uk so as part of that this particular individual i'll call her she has met some quite famous actors, people who've been in, in films, people whose names we would both recognize. And probably some of those names would be people who we would say whose acting we appreciate. And so of course, what's the question everybody wants to know? 
which ones uh, are the fools? Which ones are the ones which are terrible? Which are the ones who, as human beings, as, as people, uh, they're the distasteful ones? And which ones are the nice ones? That, that's the question everybody wants to, wants to know. And she's very gracious and she won't name the names of the bad ones, but uh, she will gladly name the names of the really nice ones. Um, but the theme is the ones that she likes, and this is common across people who, she's not the only person who I've met who's had this kind of interaction, but it's a common theme for people who, who I know who have had this kind of interaction. The ones who come across as nice people are those who are gracious, those who receive thanks nicely, but also make the physical, make the practical effort, don't make obscene demands, say thank you back is a really, really big one. And uh, say thank you for little things. And if somebody says, does something little for them, say, I don't want to be any trouble. You know, that kind of stereotype. Those are the people who come under the category of the nice ones, the ones that she would happily serve again. The ones that are the obnoxious ones, the ones that come under the category of really people who she really doesn't want to interact with again, are those who are demanding those who won't say thank you for the slightest thing, and those who expect you to deliver the smallest task for you immediately and at the utmost priority, and to then just get out of their sight as quickly as possible. Those ones, those who lord it over, those who, for want of a better phrase, act like they own the place, act like God even. And those are the people who are disliked and despised by the common man. So I'll drop that as a thought. Um, so anyway, so the thing that I really, the, and the point that I really wanted to make as a part of this discussion this evening is it's the, the parent analogy, because what I was fed growing up as a, as a young Christian and as a young adult Christian was God is the perfect parent, the, the perfect father, the, the parent who could never let you down, who will never leave you, who will always love you regardless, except when you sin, because then you will never spend eternity with him. You, you have to accept him. There's a cost. There is a condition. You have to accept him and worship him. If you're not prepared to do that, then you don't get any of this glory, any of this benefit, and you are discarded, permanently rejected. And my deconstruction started when my daughter was very young. So my daughter grew up as a toddler, as a preteen, as a teenager, for um, in parallel with my deconstruction. And so I started comparing what, what it would take for me to utterly reject my daughter. What is the human equivalent of God sending me to hell? What would the equivalent be? What would what would the equivalent act be that I would have to perform on my that came out wrong? What would be the equivalent parental act that I would do that would compare with God sending me to hell? Would it be locking my daughter in a basement room? Would it um, be chaining her into her bedroom and only letting her out to eat? Would would it be permanent grounding for the rest of her life? Would it be not feeding her or feeding her dog food? I, I don't know. What, what, what would be, whatever it is, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. What would my daughter have to do 
for me to be able to say, I love you, but I'm casting you out from my life. I'm cutting you out from my life. I can't do it. I have witnessed in my growing up firsthand a parent-child relationship disintegrating to the point where they no longer talk to each other. And uh, the two people I'm thinking about haven't spoken probably for about 25 years now. And uh, I, this relationship is so close to me that I am personally impacted by the fallout from this relationship. And it hurts me daily because a day it's impossible for a day to go past without me being aware of this fallout and it hurts me daily and if it was possible i would take a personal cost to rectify that even if it was a little bit because nothing good there is nothing great in that and no matter how good or how awesome or how hypothetically perfect I might be, I am less because of that destroyed relationship. So um, where am I going with this? So yeah, I cannot reconcile that God that I was brought up with, with me and my parental relationship to my daughter. There are parts of the the biblical narrative, the narrative of God, the story of God, which I find as a parent utterly, utterly despicably offensive to the point where it is just not possible for me to accept the words, God is a father. I cannot reconcile those words. And if you'll listen to the podcast episode, which I had with John Steingard, where Andrew and I had the conversation with him on Still Unbelievable, John Steingard basically talks about in a very similar things. He says a very similar thing. And I completely identify with that. And so I'm going to say it in that respect, I am better than God. And I mean that sincerely because of that. And I'm pretty certain that there's going to be a Christian that's going to take offense to that. And there's a Christian who's going to challenge that. Uh, but if they haven't listened to the context and what I've said, then they have no right to say that. And that's really the point I wanted to get across. And that gets to the nub of why I can't imagine a situation where I could worship the God that I grew up with. Okay, I just wanted to have a little bit of a moment of silence after that. Um, let it sink in a little bit. Yeah, this is, um, I, I can hear some Christians right now, and um, one response that I know some Christians would be giving is, yeah, you know, um, Matt, I don't, I don't like that God either. Um, that God that you have in your mind, that's, that's an awful God. I would never worship that God. Um, and don't. Way, right, <laughs> right. But they would say, but that's not the God I worship. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the punchline there. And um, yeah, and they say that shortly before building a straw man. 
right. because they um, will then describe God as a God that will disbar me from being in that God's presence unless they're universalist. But that's not the God that I was brought up with. Right. But you see, the I was just gonna I was just gonna go there. Uh, the universalist God doesn't get them out of the problem, and it doesn't get a God that I would worship. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, for people who think that hell is the problem for me, well, it is a problem. And I do think that that is God of the Bible. But uh, even if it wasn't, you know, and, you know, let's say the universalist God is the right God. We still have a problem with this God because he put us here. He's still the creator God. Mm -hmm. He put us here uh, in a way that so many countless millions, possibly billions uh, over history would suffer in such horrendous ways. We can't even think about what that's like. Um, and the people who only suffer mildly still suffer. Mm -hmm. Um, they're still going through this life. They still get cancer, uh, and die horribly. And in many cases, these are good people. These are people that anyone would look at their life and say, yeah, that was, you know, as people go, that's pretty good one right there. Um, and I, I don't want to reduce this to just a simple matter of the problem of evil and the problem of suffering, but a God with the foreknowledge of a kind of world we would have would not have created it. So uh, just to give you an example, if I have the ability to create an AI um, that would become sentient, in fact, I was creating it so that it would become sentient. Um, but I knew that in the process of it becoming sentient, it would also suffer horribly. Uh, not temporarily, it would it would have a lifetime of suffering and it would uh, have prodigy that would also suffer and maybe some of them would have pretty good lives but the, the amount of suffering that I would be visiting on sentient people. Uh, I would have to answer for that, especially if I knew it was going to happen. I for one wouldn't make it. I see no I don't need it there's no benefit to me to make such a thing. Um, and so to put that kind of suffering in the world, um, it's, it's unspeakable. Let's say I didn't know that the suffering was going to happen. Then I'm an idiot. Um, and I, and I shouldn't have the right to make it. Um, if I, if I didn't think that far ahead about creating sentient beings. So I don't think you can get God off the hook by saying he's a really nice guy and, ah, it's too bad what happened, uh, with the planet, but the Christians, promote this God as a God who saw it coming. Um, and he, he had a quote unquote plan to redeem it from the beginning, even before he made it. That's monstrous. That's monstrous. Um, I, I don't even want salvation from this God. I don't, I just, just let me die. <laughs> um, I don't want to be a part of that God's plan whatever that plan is it's a bad plan i don't want to be a part of it <laughs> um but he's really a nice guy don't care he's got a really good plan later don't care 
because what he's doing to get there is unthinkable and unforgivable. Um, worship, you got to be out of your mind. I don't even thank such a God. Uh, so I'm it's interesting you word. say that because you're touching on the whole problem of suffering there and the suffering question never really caused an issue for me for coming out it was for me it was all about the evidential all about the science and all about the evidence but the um i'm intrigued by the the suffering thing for it and i'm probably more vocal about the suffering now that i'm out because i think that god is a terrible god but i thought that that god was a terrible god after i was out it, so right. let's not get things mixed up about here it wasn't what got me out but anyway what you've just said has just given me the idea of a a thought experiment so let's call this david with the robot in the shed i don't even know how i would answer this so let's play with this for a little bit you're in the shed in your garden on your own nobody knows what is in the shed except you and you've made a robot and you've made this robot with such dexterous skill that this robot has the capability to feel pain and to audibly respond to that pain and you have a remote control with a button on it which will erase some of its experiences after it's had that experience and that robot is walking along the table and it gets to the edge of the table so would you let that robot fall off the table experience the pain and then erase that experience of pain afterwards. No, <laughs> I would not let it fall off the table. I would, um, first of all, I don't see any point of programming a robot with pain uh, that could feel pain. And there would be those who say, well, it's my was... thought experiment. You can't change it. Well, <laughs> you've got a twisted mind. Um, okay. I'm British. <laughs> And so for some reason, I, I feel like, well, that, that must be the right way to think then. Because he's British. Um, I mean, I'm just a yank. Um, there's nuance here that I am missing. So no, I would not let it experience pain and then erase it. Um, and then pat myself on the back thinking that I had done a good thing because you know, at this moment in time, he doesn't remember the pain. Yeah, but the skills, asking. man. Think of the awesome skills required to do that. You have to prove that you're capable of it in order for... And so in order to prove that you're capable of it, you have to let that thing happen. Yeah. Because if you well, don't let it fall, you don't know that those functions work. I would, I would actually give myself a better reason for it and still reject it. So the better reason that I would give is, uh, as this thing... Uh, experiences pain it does as you say then increase its skills and agility um it would not uh, it, it becomes a better firefighter by getting burned uh, a few times you know or something like that um no i still wouldn't do it um and i and i understand it's your thought experiment but if what i want is a firefighting robot I don't see any reason to have a sentient robot. I can have a, star, a firefighting robot that feels no pain and fights fire very well. 
right? Yeah. I mean, the, absolutely. The reason we think about things like uh, giving robots the full experience, you know, of pain as well as pleasure, is because that's what we are. Yeah. That's that's how our daddy raised us, right? That's how we were made. Um, we were beaten with a belt, and we turned out just fine. We can beat our own kids with a belt. What's wrong with that? Um, this is this is just the model that we know because it's what we are. But I don't think there is any reason, even for sentient beings like us, to ever experience pain in order to have a good life. In fact, I can say for sure that it is not necessary because I know I have known people uh, in my life who have had you know, the kind of nerve problems where they couldn't feel pain. You could, you could beat them uh, about their body with a hammer um, and they, it wouldn't even be a tickle for them. Um, they still had joy. <laughs> they, they still had pleasure. Um, they also had a short life, but, um, but, they, but I'm, I'm just saying the idea of the negative experience is not necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you want people who will show kindness to other people, you don't have to first put them through hell. Uh, and this is this is kind of this Christian argument, because uh, I'm staring out of my Christian hat, this Christian mm -hmm. argument that that this world is kind of a testing ground, a proving ground, if you will, uh, for heaven. So we have to learn how to love one another here. We have to learn how to be patient with one another here. We have to uh, learn to, uh, you know, deal with, uh, our infirmities and each other's infirmities so that we can develop uh, patience and endurance. And I'm thinking, what the hell is the kind of place heaven is that you need to do that to experience it? Why do I need to go through hell to experience the joys of heaven? I don't think I want to go to heaven if it requires that, <laughs> right? I mean, I yeah. um, honestly, am, are there going to be homeless people in heaven that I've got to uh, give graciously give money to um are, are there going to be people in wheelchairs in heaven that i've got to push around is there what it what exactly is it are you imagining in heaven that makes my going through a hellish experience down here is going to make it better somehow that's that's not any heaven i want to be a part of and for the same reasons i would never build a, a robot like that just for the outcome of some kind of ego gratification if what I want is an outcome of better cooked food and a cleaner rug, I will build a robot that can cook better food and clean a rug. I do not need to take him through hell to get there. And by the way, if taking him through hell is the only way to get the absolute best food or the absolute cleanest rug, then I don't need the absolute best food or the cleanest rug. I'm sorry. This was your thought so I, I had to <laughs> fight the urge to say amen to that. It was the way you raised your voice like that. You know, it, it's almost like it needed amen. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the answer to your question, though, uh, in the spirit that I understand it is no, I would not do it. And, and I think I got if, that. I, if, if we discovered that there were people doing that, uh, we would we would stop them. I think yeah. we would imprison people for doing that. I don't know, not necessarily in this day and age, but there might come a time where we would. It would certainly open an interesting question. 
But right, yes, but those don't... people would not be appreciated by most of society. Right. It's just because we don't know that it's happening. And I think that if we did know, and well, by the way, and it may be happening, you know, in some dark lab in China or Missouri, um, all kinds of bad things happen. Um, but if it were known, we would have a public outcry against it. I mean, can you imagine um, a computer that, um, let's say it's a quantum computer and, and it can help you make any decision accurately with, within the fraction of a second, but it cries itself to sleep every night. Who in this world would declare it moral to even own such a computer? I'm shivering make it. thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, the ends do not justify the means. Uh, there in the moment that the ends justify the means then you become a god too except it's not a good god it, it's the kind of god that should be a, opposed never worshipped if my windows machine begged me not to turn it off every time i shut it down that night i would switch to mac <laughs> My friend, your Windows machine is uh, is crying out to you every, every day. Um, you just and don't hear it's it. in a frequency I can't hear or understand. <laughs> Whenever your with your your hard drive, I don't know if you uh, still defrag your drive, but you should just look at it before you defrag it. That's I'm, your window. I'm halfway through out. installing a new hard drive because I've realized that some of my hard drives are more than five years old, and it's about to I protect myself. Yeah, you know that uh, sound that old modems used to make? Yeah, I know that sound. That's your machine crying. Oh, not again. <laughs> not again. He's doing it to me again. <laughs> I'm so Maybe glad defragging a drive hurts the hard drive. Yeah, it's Maybe it likes painful. to be fragmented. Probably. I mean, it sounds painful. painful when it's going. Yeah. I mean, well, even the word sounds painful. De defragged. <laughs> We're going to defrag your, 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 you humans, yeah. <laughs> right? No, it wouldn't be good. Um, so look, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the last word. You've given me a lot to think about. You've given the audience a lot to think about. This is why I keep having you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad um, it was only 30 minutes. <laughs> right? No, it, in skeptics and seekers time, it was, it was only 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> shut up people. The next one will be three hours. Don't no. push me. <laughs> um, Brian with a Y is uh, is up next. That's gonna um, be fun. They're all going to be fun. What do I mean? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's something to look forward to, isn't it? <laughs> um, once again, I don't know exactly. I I think I know his ultimate answer. He's he's not a worshiper. He's not going to worship. <laughs> uh, he might surprise me and say, "Oh yeah, what?" <laughs> but I don't I don't think he would. I um, but I think his reasons might surprise me. So, um, he's, he's also one of those thinker kind of, kind of people. And, uh, he usually has something to say that, uh, I didn't anticipate. So, uh, anyone listening to this one, Brian with a Y, uh, will be, uh, next in line. Uh, Sarah, uh, will also be, um, tomorrow from that's my another one I'm really looking forward to actually. I really want to, I want to do that one. And so after, after that one. 
I haven't even talked to Darren yet, but I'm I'm sure that Darren would do one of these. But here's Paul Darren's been busy. Andrew and I have had Darren for the last five weeks. Well, uh, this one is, day a this week. Is, this he, is poor guy's fault. really busy. It, it, his own fault. Um, he keeps saying he yes in, to these things. <laughs> he came into the arena with us. He yeah. didn't have to. I mean, this is if our he cries fight. himself to sleep every night because of this. Oh, it's, no. This is on him. Okay, <laughs> he, he's got no mud in this fight. You know, no. we're the ones who we're the ones who are living out our pain. You know, yeah. it's and he's never had to produce a show. He's never had to invite a guest. He's never had to do a record. You know, he's he's he's, he's just hanging on, isn't he? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> we love you, Darren. Someone, ought, we someone, love someone you. ought to put him to work. Uh, anyway, he, I'm. I feel sure that he's gonna he's gonna come on. But the the last show I want to do, and I might just have Darren in the last one. I may not do a separate interview with Darren. We'll we'll have to see. But um, David Russell has expressed the desire to uh, participate in this series. And so what I'm going to do is uh, give David Russell. I've told him he can invite a friend or two um a shot at me um because no one has properly interviewed me yet and i will Mm -hmm. i will be glad to have a christian interrogate me so that should happen saturday um and i will invite uh darren to come along with that one uh so i'm i'm calling a friend and uh i'll bring in darren to that particular fight but anyone else uh, who's done one of these, who wants to step in and allow themselves to be uh, interrogated by the Christian who has heard some of this and has a few things to say, can join in uh, on that one. So that's that's how we'll end this series. Uh, one way or the other is going to end um, this week, unless, and here's the, the unless, if for whatever reason uh david russell wants to get some people together and they can't do it this week i might drag this out one more week and do the show where the christians um uh interview us um but otherwise that's how that's how this will end i thank uh, everyone for participating so far and i'm going to give you um matt one last chance to have a last word also promote any projects that you're doing and uh, we'll call it a show thank you david yep Christians, if you've listened to this and you want to quiz me on some of the things that I've said, still unbelievable. Come and see me. We can have a follow-up show and a follow-up question session. I'm quite happy to do that. What have we coming up next? We've got an episode coming up uh, shortly on Still Unbelievable that's going to come out in the last couple of weeks, which is talking to a Christian um, about Christians and science. In fact, I think the organization he's from is Christians in Science. So that's going to be the next episode of Still Unbelievable to drop we've got a couple of interesting ones coming up i think andrew's already done it so it's not going to be a a spoiler from me to say that we're in communication with joshua swamidas uh, just trying to set a date for a conversation with him about his book which i've been reading and i've actually enjoyed reading the book which is something i didn't expect to say but it is a fascinating book an interesting book some great ideas so Please listen to that, pay attention to that, because I think we're going to have a lot more fun with Joshua Somidas than I ever thought I actually would. He's, he's coming across as a really nice guy. Was he on uh, Unbelievable? Um, he was on Unbelievable talking yeah, about, about this show. book um, more than a year ago. And uh, if you want to venture that way, he had a fascinating conversation with, with William Lane Craig on the subject of his book on Adam and Ave on over on the Capturing Christianity YouTube channel. So if you haven't listened to that and it's a conversation you're interested in, 
Uh, going that, again, that was a fascinating conversation, which I actually enjoyed listening to as well. And I really warmed to Joshua uh, on that conversation. So that's that. But just one final thing on the subject that we've been talking about now, this whole question of would you believe uh, in, in a Christian God? It's it, or would I worship a God? Uh, it's a variation on a question that is asked by Christians on a regular basis. Yeah, if you've gone and listened to the episode that Andrew and I did addressing the 10 questions um, from Braxton Hunter, the final question that he asked was, if I was able to convince you that God was real, would you worship God? There's another 10 question show, which Andrew and I are, are planning to do. I've scripted out the questions. This is from another Christian who did a YouTube video of 10 questions. And again, the final question of that series of 10 questions is, if I was to answer all of your queries to your satisfaction, would you still worship God? Because I'm sure you wouldn't. And that's because you don't want to. So again, it's this is a theme that comes from Christians and it comes from apologists. And it's a variation on the, you just haven't read the right books. You just haven't read the books that I've read. That's why you don't believe. That's kind of the area where it's coming from. And I don't like that kind of thing. So I have a problem with the premise of this question when it comes from a Christian specifically, because it kind of assumes if you knew what I knew, if you believed what I believed, you know, then you would worship God. Well, of course I would. If I only had the information that you've got, then yes, because I would have no other conclusion to come to. But I'm not you and I don't have just the information that you've got. I've got other information and other experiences. And the other thing that invalidates this whole question is every Christian has a different experience and a different set of information and a dis different set of knowledge. No Christian alive today has the same information and the same beliefs that you have, and they all worship slightly differently. So let's just get all that out of the way. The whole question comes from a bogus premise in the first place. So let's just get that out of the way. All right. Well, uh, look, there's nothing else to be said, but... Um stay tuned uh this series has uh is just heating up uh and uh, i'm sorry siri siri just came up on my computer it thinks i said hey siri and now it's talking in my ear i know you guys can't hear this on <laughs> oh you said serious didn't you <laughs> push through but this is one of those moments where i really wish i had a pc take that siri Cortana never listens to me. Anyway. She just has no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so bad. Um, I hope I hope Siri is sentient enough to be ashamed of how bad she is. If Siri <laughs> would feel the pain, would you throw your MacBook off your desk? <laughs> I would, yeah, and throw myself out of the window. <laughs> I'm not sure which would come first. So. <laughs> So yes. So uh, with that said, uh, this is going to get weirder uh, before it gets better, people. So good. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Matt. And um, it's been a pleasure, David. We'll see you guys um, real soon. <laughs>